0: Welcome to Raising Up Copts, a podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture,
1: hosted by me, Laura Michael and Madonna Lewindi. Hi, Madonna. Hey, Laura, and thank you to all of our listeners for coming back this week. And this time we asked our listeners to share their thoughts on apologizing to their kids. Yeah, when we
0: asked this question, it actually seemed like most of the answers came back the same. So all of us are pretty much in agreement that yes, we should be apologizing to our children. But we had some varieties about, you know, guidelines for how to do that. And also whether our own
1: parents apologized or not. Yeah. And so we kind of wanted to take the time to unpack this idea of apologizing. I know for some of us, you know, it, it was obvious. It seems natural. It was an appropriate response. But what is this actually doing for our kids? Why is it important? But before we get into that, Laura, can you just share a little bit about how these interactions go in your own home?
0: Yeah, I love to let my kids in to how I'm feeling, how I'm processing things, why I react a certain way, and I love to to talk to them, talk them through how the situation unfolded and how I could have done a better job. So I actually love apologizing to my kids. I feel like it's an opportunity always for us to grow our relationship and strengthen it. And so for me, I feel like apologizing is so important and really builds the kind of like love and mutual respect that I want us to have in the house.
1: I love that Lauren. I really can relate to that because um, that's definitely what I do too. I try to talk through all my feelings and emotions with my kids and I find that it has allowed them to do the same thing. And they usually can, maybe not in the exact moment of their anger or whatever, but they can reason through why they feel what they feel. Like just this morning, um, Elise was really having a hard morning. She was really upset with her brother and just everything was annoying her by him. And finally I said, what's going on? And she said, I don't think it's my brother that's making me sad. I just feel like I'm tired and I'm mad about it. And I was like, oh, like I can totally relate to that and I get it but do you see how, you know, you're kind of taking it out on your brother and he didn't do anything and whatever. So she ended up apologizing to him. And, you know, I just feel like that was a culture that we, that we built inside of our, of our home. Um, And we asked some of our listeners about this, you know, they like, should you apologize? Some of their answers were kind of what we were saying, Laura, It, it shows that we're human and we make mistakes and it's a part of leading by example. If we don't lead by example, You know, if we are not always talking to them about our emotions and how we're feeling, how are they going to be able to do that? So I felt like apologizing is a part of our uh, family culture.
0: Yeah. And we wanted to know if um, listeners felt like they lost authority when they apologized, if apologizing made them look weak to their kids and things like that. And I think that we're going to talk a little bit later about how to apologize and maybe like avoiding over apologizing. You don't want to be apologizing for every single breath you take, but Actually, that conversation about your feelings and about, you know, appropriate and inappropriate ways to respond to things is really valuable and actually helps you gain their respect in, in my opinion, and in most of our listeners' opinions.
1: Yes. And what was interesting, too, about all of this, Laura, is, like we said, we all agree that this is something that we should do, and it comes natural to us, and people feel like that's, yeah, that's exactly what you should do, is just apologize, But then when we asked if parents apologized to them, if your parents apologized to you, and I'm trying to remember about my own childhood, most people said no. Um, And it's interesting because I don't think my parents officially started apologizing to me till I got much older. I'm thinking like maybe even college age. Their form of apology was not, hey, I made a mistake and I'm sorry. Sometimes it would be something like... um, you know, after we get into this huge argument and I'd be in my room and I had been crying and upset and whatever, my mom would come in later and be like, I made you something to eat. Do you want to come eat? You know? And that was like her way of apologizing. Or my dad would later be like, you know, I love you. Right. And I'd be like, yes. And that would be his way of apologizing, but there was never a direct, I'm sorry. I messed up. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have reacted like that. None of that. How about you, Laura? Yeah, I would say, I love what you said there, that um, the apology was always, I love you. That's the
0: apology. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's very accurate. I think one of the things my parents did do is, you know, even though the majority of their relationship was pretty private, um, they weren't shy about apologizing to each other, especially my dad, who maybe would never apologize to me or wasn't big on the whole apology thing. and Like yours was probably more in the I love you category he definitely apologized very heartfelt to my mother. If he would said something that upset her or if, you know, something like that happened, he'd, you know um, and in more recent times, he discovered the, the value of fresh flowers and all of that. <laughs> but I think that, um, you know, they did model apology in our house, but like you said, uh, they didn't want it to seem like accidentally we were in charge. And I, you know, I can understand that you don't want your kids to disrespect you or to take your apology or the way you apologize is an excuse to disrespect you. But still, I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing and it really helps grow a relationship.
1: You bring up a really good point, Laura, because I also remember, I think my, my parents were of the generation or of the mindset that your kids should not see you arguing or in, in disagreement or whatever. And it's, that's not to say they never argued, of course they did, and we saw it. But even now, and I think we've talked about this before, it's not so much that they shouldn't see you arguing, I, conflict is a normal part of life, but what they really need to see is the resolution. How are you resolving the conflict? How are you coming out of it? Um, because naturally, and especially in your home, you end up being more short tempered with the people you love inside your house. I don't know why that is, but it's just a fact of the matter. So if anything, they should know that at the end of it, it's all in love. Yes, maybe we lost control of our emotions, but in the end we said, sorry. And Our love does not stop, you know, because of whatever situation that we had a minute ago.
0: Yeah. And I definitely think my parents did that part very, very well, regardless of what the conflict was, even with us or like with me at the end of the day, there was a very clear conversation about, I love you. This was wrong, but like that is, has nothing to do or like, this is the punishment that's, you know, going to be, um, Put out, But that has nothing to do with the fact that I love you unconditionally and so on. I think like the other thing about apology that I learned early in my marriage was that the person who apologizes first always wins. I don't know why. <laughs> but like, if you're the first to apologize, you just have the upper hand in so many ways. I mean, a sincere apology, obviously. But like the person who's the holdout is not the winner.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And it just kind of cuts through the tension so much quicker, you know, like instead of holding on to it and going about your day, like you have to pretend like you're fine, but you know, you're not and they know you're not and you know, they're not. And, and like you're trying to go about your day. It doesn't work. It actually makes everything so much harder. So it's much easier, dare I say, to just go for the apology and resolve it. And when our kids learn that, I feel like they learn to overcome their conflicts and their environments where they don't involve us, you know. They have their own humanity that they have to deal with with when they're in school and eventually when they're like in sports and things like that. I think all of this shapes how they deal with conflicts in their own lives. And one thing that I wanted to mention too is that, you know, none of us are born obviously with the ability to to resolve conflicts and with the ability to understand what's a normal amount of yelling and what's not, you know? Um, And this is part of the teaching. So they are going, this is how we're teaching them to regulate their emotions by this little by little them learning how we see, we interact with each other. They eventually get to the point where they understand, Hey, this is a normal part of development. And they would be, it would be easier for them to identify when they're in a relationship where this is not okay. There is a, a different kind of conflict here that is not acceptable. This is all part of that. What do you think?
0: I'm just remembering my son and I having a conversation when he was maybe like three and a half or four, where he was like sobbing in his room. And I was like, what's, what's going on? He's like, every day, I'm sorry. Every day, I have to say, I'm sorry about something. <laughs> like For him, it was just like, why do I have to say I'm sorry all the time? I'm like, well, you know, if you're making trouble all the time, like you should be trying to fix things. <laughs> but this idea that you know we we are going to be in a constant state of repentance of, over something. Uh, I did want to yes. say that, and I think this is really valuable if you have older children, like teenagers, maybe who are moodier, and you know, like you get the cold shoulder or you get the silent treatment. Um, a really good icebreaker to that is just to go to your kid and say, "Are are we okay?" Is everything okay between us? Are you mad at me about something? You know, sometimes giving them that door to be allowed to speak or just to, to get that emotion out. You know, you, even if you don't know what you're going to be up, like, you don't, you don't want to apologize. You don't know what you're apologizing for yet, (laughs) but just that little crack of like, are, are we okay? Uh, let me know, (laughs) preferably to their face. You know what we,
1: Yes. I love that. And I, I would take it one step further too. And because a lot of times, and some people brought this up on our thread on Facebook, when we asked this question, you know, we don't want the performative, sorry, you don't want the forced, sorry, that we like make kids do to each other, like tell them I'm sorry for hitting them and whatever, you know, there, let's take it one step further. And you're asking for forgiveness. And this is something modeled in our Christianity, right? You're not just going to the person and being like, I'm sorry, with full intent of doing all these things again, right? You're going to them and you are saying do you forgive me for what I've done to you? Do you forgive me for the way that I behaved? And I feel like it really sets the, the the path for this idea of repentance, like you said, and confession and forgiveness that we have between us and our father in heaven and of God. And there was this one person that put this answer that I really love. So I'm going to just read the whole thing, Laura, if you don't mind, because it was so good and just encompassed everything. She said, always, always apologize. It shows you are human and can make mistakes. It shows humility and that you are not above apologizing. It models how to apologize. It models grace and that we are forgiving when we apologize. It models that if I can apologize to you, I can repent before God and my father of confession. It models that there is no shame in apologizing. In fact, the shame is in not apologizing. It shows responsibility and accountability instead of blame shifting. It teaches them what mistakes look like, that we're capable of making them, and what correction of behavior, thoughts, actions look like. It teaches that when you apologize, that you can ask for help and support to correct behavior and you will get it. I love that part especially because it does, when you open that door of apologizing and that vulnerability, it lets the other person's wall down and they're able, and they're able to ask, like, I don't know how to make myself not angry anymore. I don't know how to make myself feel okay now. Also, it teaches we are all a work in progress. It teaches how you have empathy and can understand another's feelings and how you hurt and offended them. And it teaches that while it is hard, we can do the hard but correct things. Always, always apologize. And I love that.
0: I think that's so beautiful that, you know, this idea that we want to, we want them to know we're capable of making mistakes and then dealing with those mistakes with grace. I think that's so valuable for them and. You know, the idea that we don't have to be, and I think we had talked about this before, Madonna, that, you know, one of our concerns as parents is that we'll hit the teen years and the kids will suddenly discover that we're not perfect. Mm. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know if we can really avoid that. Maybe there's, there will always be some parent worship involved, but um, the idea that we are human beings, even from right now, that we need each other even from right now. I love, for example, going to my kids for advice, asking mm. them what they think I should do in a situation, and listening to them and making them feel like they are capable human beings. And so that also goes with uh, like perfectly under that umbrella is that I'm capable of making mistakes and living through them, like outliving my mistakes, so.
1: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how we're apologizing here, Laura. So, you know, it seems pretty cut and dry. You go, you say, I'm sorry, whatever, after the fact. But there's a whole, um, we talked about this earlier. There's like a right and a a wrong hesitate to use that word, but there's like a less good way to apologize. So some tips that I looked up and I found that I thought I would share with our listeners. For example, if you feel yourself getting heated or you're getting to that point where you feel like things are about to come out of my mouth that I can't take back, give yourself a timeout. Timeouts are not just for kids, right? And even I think now they're saying timeouts don't even work, but give yourself a timeout and think, take a minute, take a deep breath and think to yourself, I need a minute and communicate that to the kid. I feel like I'm about to say something that I'm not going to, that you're not going to enjoy and I'm not going to enjoy. So I need like two minutes to myself before I continue. That's perfectly fine. And you're communicating emotions and, and problem solving right then. Another one is say you've already gotten past that point. You've yelled, you've done the damage. You acknowledge your mistake. You say, listen, I said something I shouldn't have said, or I did something I shouldn't have done. And, You know, I'm letting you know that I know that. And then, of course, there's a wrong way to apologize when you come to say sorry. So that's the the kind of apology that uses that chance to place the blame. So something like, hey, I'm really sorry that I yelled. I shouldn't have yelled, but I wouldn't have hurt my foot if you would have picked up your cars like I asked you to. That's like you're taking that little vulnerable moment and making them put the blame on them and saying it was because of something that they did. Granted, maybe something happened that they did that made you feel the way that you felt, but nobody can make you feel a feeling. Those are from your own body. So acknowledge and own up to your own feelings. And also the next thing is to acknowledge their feelings. We've all seen that look on our kids' faces when we've yelled or we've lost it. They feel scared, they feel hurt. And sometimes kids equate that to not feeling loved. So I would acknowledge their feelings and say, you must've really felt hurt when I said that. You must've really felt scared when I, when I yelled that loud, acknowledging their feelings as well as your own helps them understand, like, I saw what I did was wrong and I saw what it did to you. And finally, you're asking for forgiveness in the end of that. You're not just saying, I'm sorry and ending it there. You're allowing them the opportunity to, to have forgiveness for you and for them to feel that feeling of empathy. And in their mind, they'll think, I remember a time when I felt also like I got really upset and I didn't know how to control it. Yes, I can forgive you, mommy. Yes, I can forgive you, daddy. And the last thing is if you feel like you are snapping very frequently, if you feel like you just are losing it all the time, this is the time for you to like really get introspective and think I might need to get help. And Laura, you've mentioned before something about this. Can you share what your thoughts are on that?
0: Yeah, I want to say that sometimes your anger management doesn't have to do with actually your, your anger. It might be something else and it might be something physical. So make sure that you are keeping up to date with your physical checkups, doing your blood work. I found that I was very, very exhausted last year and I didn't know what was going on. And I was, I never had the energy for the kids or energy for the patients to deal with them, although they were not doing anything you know, unusual, right? And so I found like something's not right. And when I went to the doctor, we did blood work and I found that I was severely anemic and that uh, basically my, like my oxygen was not getting to the bloodstream correctly. And so Mm. that's something that you can check on. And it was very simply solved with an iron supplement. It really wasn't, you know, and now even my kids will tell you like, mom plays with us more. Mom is much happier. And all it was, was a nutrition issue. And I think Sandra had brought that up a little bit um, when we talked to her as well. So just check on yourself, you're a human being, your whole body needs to function for you to function properly. So um, don't hesitate to do that.
1: Yes. And, and one other thing that I wanted to mention too, is, you know, children will act their age and we have to show them how to act our age, you know, like they're going to do things that are going to be impulsive and they're going to upset us. And it takes a moment of silence. I promise just a moment of silence before reacting for you to get back in your mind and think, okay, my child is five, my child is three. Knocking the thing off, doing this, doing that was perfectly within their realm. Me snapping at them for that is not acting my age. So I need to think about it before I say anything. And in thinking of that, Laura, you have a verse to share with us about that. Yeah, I wanted
0: to share Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I love that verse. It reminds me of a piece of advice we got um, right before our wedding, which was that when we have conflict, we should be like balls of clay, soft balls that when they smash into each other, they stick together, not like Mm. golf balls that bounce off of each other. Right. And so you don't want to like let your ego harden you, even as a parent, you don't want your ego to harden you. You want to have a tender heart that is able to be kind to each other and able to forgive and able to ask for forgiveness and so that's what we want to leave you with this idea that you know this is um our christian commandment to be kind to one another and to be forgiving and to to be
1: apologetic when needed and in no way does this make us look weak it does not make us lose authority it does not make the kids lose respect if anything they gain respect for our ability to be able to treat them as a a whole person instead of just this child, this property that we have in our home. And so we just want to encourage you today that apologizing to your kids is a necessary part of parenting. Because the truth is, and we all know this, we are definitely going to make mistakes. They know it, you know it, we all know it. And so the best course of action is to acknowledge it and make it a conversation. Yeah, apologizing
0: gives us all the opportunity to just take a moment and reflect on our actions. I love what Madonna said about acting our age so often we let someone else's feelings and emotions determine how we are going to feel and how we are going to react and instead if we just take a minute and we you know get ourselves back into our own body and to our own um, you know experiences and wisdom we can use that as an opportunity to have a deeper more personal relationship with our kids to apologize when needed Um, And that's the goal. We want that deep relationship with our kids, something that we desire. So we have to work on it. We have to set up that foundation of give and take and forgiveness so that they can forgive us later and we can forgive them later when, when troubles get bigger and times are harder. And with that being said, thank
1: you all so much for joining us today on this week's episode of Raising Up Cops. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And you can find us at RaisingUpCops.com and email us at RaisingUpCops at gmail.com. We look forward to being with you again next time. Raising Up Copts is a podcast hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lewindi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Church or its hierarchy. These are purely our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you would like to reach out with any questions or comments, please email raisingupcopts at gmail.com or post on the Coptic Dad and Mom Parenting Community on Facebook.